Hi there, and thank you for joining us at Christian Life Church online. We're glad you're able to be with us today. And we're going to be continuing our series on uh, Fan the Flame. We've been talking about really the move of the Spirit, about revival over the last several weeks. We're going to be doing this right up until Easter Sunday. And uh, so today I want to talk about when the Spirit comes. And I'm going to be basing today's talk on John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be really honest with you here. It's difficult to be religious. You know what it is to be religious? It's to try to measure up and to live a life in such a way that, you know, you think you're going to make God happy. It's hard to keep from sinning when you're just trying, you know, on your own willpower uh, to do that. I find it almost impossible. And it's easy for a person to get into this cycle. And it really is a vicious cycle of trying and failing. And this can go on for decades. And I think a lot of the reasons why it happens to people that are Christians is because we haven't really grasped what it is to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, nor have we grasped maybe fully the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us. And, and so it's easy for people to feel like they never measure up, to be always constantly living with guilt and shame and maybe being motivated by, by shame or guilt. Religious people, as a result of that, can, can really be quite unhappy, quite miserable. And it's not supposed to be that way. That's not the reason why Jesus came and died on the cross. Now, the Bible says that everything that we need to live for God has been given to us. Uh, it says that in uh, 2 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. See, one of the things that God has given to us to help us is His Holy Spirit. Now, the New Testament has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit's work and ministry, about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at Luke's writings, uh, particularly I'm referring to the book of Acts that was written by Luke, you see the, the spirit baptism take place in Acts chapter 2. And the emphasis in the book of Acts seems to be about believers being empowered for ministry. And so you see powerful, bold preaching. You see hundreds of people being converted to be followers of Christ. You see miracles taking place. You see signs and wonders, you know, like angels coming in and, uh, you know, helping Peter leave prison and, and uh, all kinds of different things happening. The lame walking and people uh, being miraculously saved. And we also see in the book of Acts the rapid expansion of the church. And even though there was persecution and threats, we see the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward throughout the world almost seemingly undeterred. And Christians being very bold in their faith and in their witness and their testimony of Jesus. 
You see manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And so it would seem that the work of the Spirit in the book of Acts and in Luke's writings was very missional. They were doing the works of God under or with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so you see this external evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit taking place. Now, if you follow the Apostle Paul's writings throughout the New Testament, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, so on and so forth. You see, for example, the Holy Spirit being involved in people's lives in a transformative way. You see the Holy Spirit working in people and transforming them ethically, morally, how we live, how we conduct our lives. And you see the evidence of the change in the life of the believer as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. And so that's the part of the Holy Spirit that I want to focus on today. Now, in John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you, and he'll be with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Well, I want to kind of recap what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about um, four practical, simple disciplines that we can practice to help us grow spiritually. Now, I don't know if you watched last night or if you remember what they were, but the first one was go to church. You see, every week, as much as it is in your power, as much as you are able to, you should go to church. You should be fellowshipping with other believers. Uh, you should be discipled. Going to church gives you an opportunity to worship God, to listen to teaching, and to experience the presence and the power of God in the life of the body of Christ, as the Holy Spirit works among us and through us. The other uh, practical discipline we talked about was read your Bible. Read it every day. It's your spiritual food. The Holy Spirit will speak to you through the Word of God. It can transform your life. It can change your life. It can answer questions that you have about life. The other uh, discipline was pray every day. And I like to think about praying without ceasing and praying continually, praying consistently. I, I like to talk to God all day long, you know, quietly and in my heart and my mind and, and just be talking to God. Pray every day. Take time aside to spend time in prayer. And the fourth one was serve. Serve. Serve other people. Use your gifts. Use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you've been given to serve. So how does the Holy Spirit help us or empower us to obey Jesus and keep his commands? Or simply this, how does the Holy Spirit help you live for God? Well, second point I want to make today is that the Holy Spirit helps us live for Jesus. You see, Jesus said, if you love me, 
keep my commands. Now, I don't know about you, but keeping commands, obeying orders, listening to instructions, that kind of goes against the nature for, for a lot of people, our human nature. Obedience helps us with holy living. And that's what God is, or Jesus is saying, you know, obey my commands. Listen to what I, I want you to do. Now, in the early days of the Pentecostal movement, some hundred years ago, it was marked by two distinct things. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. That became uh, very much a, a strong component of, of the Pentecostal movement. But the other thing that marked the Pentecostal movement in its early days was holiness. And that's why you will oftentimes hear historians talk about the holiness movement. And holiness was very much going hand in hand with Pentecost and Pente the Pentecostal experience being baptized in the Holy Spirit. There was an emphasis on holiness, an emphasis on being like Jesus, about being spirit-led, about being spirit-prompted. Now, unfortunately, uh, every movement has, it seems, to be a lifespan. And the revival dissipated, and we saw people move from Holy Spirit promptings, being led by the Spirit, directed by the Holy Spirit, convicted by the Holy Spirit, and some of that left. And now what ends up happening to kind of keep things alive, we can easily resort to rules and regulations and laws. You see, without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it's very easy to fall into rules and legalism. And so don't be surprised if suddenly, as you experience the Holy Spirit, as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, as you read the Word of God, as you pray regularly and worship the Lord regularly, that things will begin to change in your life and you'll begin to be transformed. And obedience to God, to, his, to Jesus' commands, actually comes easier. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible for it to be easy to, to keep the commands that Jesus talks about? Well, as we look at verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Get that. To help you. The Spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit is your advocate. He is your helper. He is given to you from Jesus. He is part of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit helps you. In verse 16, uh, uh, it says, you know him. He lives with you and he'll be in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You know, um, you know how it is when, when you've been raised by parents and, and maybe 20 years after they're gone, they're, they're still in your head? The things they taught you are still in your head? You still remember them? You still think about them? You still follow those lessons? Well, you could say that our parents are in us. Our parents are in our head. And that is what happens. Maybe it's not a great illustration, but it gives you an idea of what happens when we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. You know him. He lives with you and he'll be in you. And so obedience to the teachings of Jesus come about through the urging 
and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's kind of a neat thing. So you don't have to be religious. You don't have to try on your own and and wish well or have great willpower to live for God. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit gives you that inner witness, that, that check in your spirit that, oh man, I shouldn't have done that, or no, I should not do that. He gives you new desires. Now, the third thing that happens is temptation becomes weaker. You see, we're all tempted in many ways. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted by Satan. Temptation is not a sign of failure. It's not a sign of a lack of holiness. It doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian. Everybody gets tempted. We all do. It's not a sign of spiritual weakness. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. For no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Temptation and spiritual attacks come. They come to every Christian. And Paul gives great counsel. In Galatians chapter 5, 16, he says, live by the Spirit. Now that's exactly what he was talking about a few minutes ago. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And so he says, live by the Spirit. And what happens as a result of that? He says, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other. So you don't do what you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now this reminds me of a, a story I recently read about. And I, I think it was a lady sitting on an airplane, and, and this, she got into a conversation with a guy next to her, and it came out that she was a Christian. And he says, oh, Christian, you can't do anything. She says, what do you mean? He says, well, you can't smoke. She says, oh, yeah, I can smoke. I can smoke a pack a day if I want. I can smoke two packs a day. Well, you, you, you don't drink. Oh, she says, I can drink. I can drink till I'm drunk every single night. Yeah, but, you know, you, you can't sleep around. You can't have sex with, with other people. Oh, yes, I can. She said, I can, I can have sex with whoever I want. And he said, but I thought you said you're a Christian. Christians don't do those things. She said, no, no. She says, I can do those things. The difference is, I don't want to do those things. And what she was saying is that she had the Holy Spirit living in her. And she wasn't under the law. She wasn't living by rules. She was living by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the desires that the Holy Spirit gave her. And so she was living above the laws and the rules. So we don't live by laws and regulations. We live above them by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible says that the spirit and the sinful nature disagree. They're in constant conflict with each other. But the beautiful thing is this. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're living by the spirit, you can overcome the sinful nature in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit and the flesh take fight for control over our lives. But when we're filled with the Spirit, when we're living by the Spirit, the Spirit wins. And we don't end up doing the things we don't want to do. The sinful nature loses the battle. Now, if you're going to live by the law, if you're going to live by rules and regulations, I can pretty well guarantee the flesh is going to win. 
because your willpower will not be strong enough to overcome. But the Holy Spirit residing in you, working in you, taking control of your life will help you win and help you walk in victory. So the truth is we can be filled with the Spirit and we can live according to the Spirit. Read your Bible, pray, worship, go to church, be strengthened in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Seek to be filled with the Spirit. And you will find that new desires will come and the old ones will go away. By the Spirit, we begin to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, it's funny. As I was writing this sermon, uh, something happened and, and I, I kind of got sort of ticked off and irritated. And, and I, I went back to the Word of God, and I'm reading this stuff, and I'm love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Man, I, didn't accept, I did not show any of this. And so I had to repent before the Lord, say, God, I'm sorry about this, and repent to the person that I was short with. And say, I'm sorry, that was wrong. Why? Because we live by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicted me and I was able to repent, and that's how we stay in step with the Spirit. Now, over the past several weeks, we've been pressing into uh, the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the move of the Spirit. We've been getting into the Word. People have been getting into prayer, and their lives are being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in us. And so I want to just conclude with these words. I want to encourage you that if you're having a hard time changing, if you're having a hard time overcoming sin, the Holy Spirit does, doesn't just empower us to do the works of God. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live for Jesus. And if you're changing for the good, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit. But if you're defeated and struggling and spiritually cold, I want to say to you, you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. There's a Christian brother that we knew many years ago, and he was in Ghana, and there was some persecution on Christians there. And he said, one night they came and they arrested us. And he says, as they were hauling us off to jail, he said, we knew no fear. They were at perfect peace. They were walking in victory. They were filled with the Spirit. They had the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was at work in them. And it didn't matter what was happening to them on the outside. The Holy Spirit was empowering them on the inside. And they walked in victory. And may you walk in victory this coming week. And may walking in victory become the norm for you as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. And I pray that you'd fill us with your spirit that we would walk in the Spirit, we'd live in the Spirit, we'd be filled in the Spirit, we would know the victory that is ours and the power that is ours through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We just commit this word into your hands now, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you, I don't normally do this, but I want to encourage you to go back and listen to this message once, maybe two more times in the next week. Get it into your heart. It's important. God wants to change you. He wants to revive you. He wants to help you. So go back to it and take this and digest it and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Thank you for joining with us. You can check us out on clcwinnipeg.ca. You, um, 
You can give online, you can contact us through our website. I want to say that many of you have given over the last year to our Ukrainian ministry. And I want to tell you that today we have a Ukrainian uh, fellowship that meets in our church on Sundays at two o'clock. They have like 90 people coming out. They're reaching out to their friends and, and other Ukrainians in the community and wanting to lead them to Jesus. And we're really excited about what God is doing in our Ukrainian fellowship. So stay in touch, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you and thanks for joining us.